I have to look and say, um, I accept all of those consequences. Now what happens is like the person I've hurt can forgive me or they can't, they don't have to because it's not conditional of my repentance. They can mend a relationship or they don't have to because my uh, amends was not the condition of my repentance. Hey everybody, and welcome to The Intersection, a podcast that takes a real look at how race and relationships intersect. We will look at how our unique and diverse lives intersect with thousands of people on a regular basis, and how the gospel intersects with each facet and issue that we face. Join us as we look at how we can set our eyes on the life of Christ as a source of compassion for each of our relationships. Our hosts include Pastor Jeff Bogue, Senior Pastor at Grace Church of Greater Akron, Bishop Joey Johnson, Founder and Senior Pastor at the House of the Lord, and Pastor Coach Kemp Boyd, Co-Pastor at Garden City Church and Executive Director for Love Akron. Keep listening as we cross paths on today's episode of The Intersection. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Intersection, where I'm always here with two, I can call them friends now, two of my friends, uh, Bishop Joey Johnson and also Pastor Jeff Bogue. I might have to use the word friends loosely, but I'm going to use it. Oh, come on. And so, and so what we were talking about before we got on was 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 something, because we're talking about, we're not talking about this today, but this is our pre-show conversation with plant-based diets. And so... <laughs> We couldn't venture into that too deeply because Bishop was the one kind of leaning into it. And me and Jeff were kind of like, ah. Yeah, it was definitely two against one right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like we're all together with you, Bishop, in spirit. And we're praying. And we hope Until that it's time out. to eat that uh, veggie burger. That's right. <laughs> eat that plant-based burger. Absolutely. And it tastes nothing like a burger. So, um, but as always, thank you both for taking the time to to be here, to be here with me and to, to be here with our audience and, and just, you know, continue to enter, to intersect with one another about things that are going on, not just within the body of Christ, but also within our world and our city locally. Um, and last week we talked about not wrestling with flesh and blood, right? But against principalities, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We had that conversation. And so that led me to start thinking about that that is true and that is true. However, there's still some of us, we are still looking at things from a flesh and blood perspective. And so it led me to start thinking about and wanted to bring this question to both of you. And I'll start with you, Pastor Jeff. What does what role does repentance look like when you look at one on one, person to person and even within the body of Christ and even within the global society as a whole? Right. Because there's repentance, there's making amends. But let's start here because of who we are and what we believe from a body of Christ perspective. What does biblical repentance, Pastor Jeff, what does that look like and what are some of the impacts it can have? Yeah, it's a great question because um, I would separate repentance, apology, and amends. Like I, I would dissect that a little bit. Because I think if you don't, you don't get to the depth of what repentance means. So the word repent in the scripture means to turn around or to turn from. Um, so when when I am when I have uh, a relational break with a brother or sister in Christ for whatever reason, um, when I go to them, if I've hurt Bishop for something and I sinned against him, when I go to him and repent. I'm not just seeking to make amends because we can make amends and I can never repent. We can, you know, you can function in your dysfunction. It's not that hard. Um, I'm not just apologizing uh, because apologies usually means I've been caught or I've been embarrassed. When I go to repent for sinning against someone, what I'm saying is um, I am grieved by my sin against you. I am turning, I'm renouncing my sin. I'm not excusing it or demanding that you give me grace and mercy. Like you have to forgive me. I'm I'm turning from my sin and I'm repenting, but I, I'm trying, I was trying to think of how to say this. 
I have to repent on the level that I offended. Mm. So if I if I bumped into uh, Joey's car in the parking lot, I'm like, man, I'm really sorry. I'll pay for that. You know, if I attacked one of his children, <laughs> like I I have to I have to agree. Uh, I have to be aggrieved or grieve on the level of the offense. And then I I have to look and say, um, I accept all of those consequences. So now what happens is like the person I've hurt can forgive me or they can't, they don't have to because it's not conditional of my repentance. Uh, they can uh, they can mend a relationship or they don't have to because my uh, amends was not the condition of my repentance. So I have to own it. I have to see it. Sometimes to repent on the level of the offense, I have to hear from them. Like you're saying you're sorry that you said this, but let me tell you how that affected me completely and how your sin affected me completely, right? I have to be willing to accept that and to repent uh, on that depth. Now, this is what I'll say. Um, that does not mean that I have to live in shame and guilt for the rest of my life. Um, th what that means is that I have to recognize the depth of it. You'll, you'll see this in marriage, um, or I've seen it, I guess, in marriage where an affair has taken place. And one party will say, I'm really sorry, but here's the reasons why you drove me to it. I'm like, that's not repentance. Uh, I'm really sorry, but let's just put it behind us. I'm like, that's not repentance. I'm really grieved that I violated your human dignity, that I violated our covenant before God. And I'm really grieved that you have to remember that I sinned against you the rest of your life. And in order for you to forgive me, you're going to have to forgive me every day. And I'm I'm telling you, I don't want to be angry about that. I want to accept that responsibility again. But, uh, but we have to come to a place where we're not living in the sin. We start to live in the healing without denying the responsibility, right? So... I like to say forgiveness isn't a decision, it's a habit. And when you think about how we, uh, if you sin against me, I can forgive you, but I'm going to have to, so to say, re-forgive you every time I remember the pain of your sin against me. So we have to get a relationship to a point where we're honest about that, but we're still loving and growing together. And that's not a quick apology or a quick, I'm sorry, or yeah. I know what you mean. Let's move on. Repentance is all of the depth of all of that is actually what's going on. And it's why when we repent before God, it takes something as powerful as the gospel to actually heal that relationship from God. And it's God who heals it. It's the one that was sinned against who brings the healing, not the one who did the sinning that demands the healing. So those that, that would be like my opening thoughts to that very big question that you just asked. Uh, Pastor Jeff is brilliant, practical. Um, it, 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 all that he said is just really good. And I, and I affirm, but I'm going to back out. I'm going to take a higher view and then come back in because um, the things that he's talking about are so important. I want to, I want to start with the importance. Repentance is probably one of the key issues of Christianity and one of the missing practices of Christianity. So there's very little repentance going on because I don't think we know what it is. So I want to start real high and come back down. I have a very specific definition I'm going to drop on Jeff in a minute. But um, first of all, repentance is the flip side of faith. Oh, let me, oh, 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 I'm sorry. 1994, I needed to, be certified to do certain psychological assessments. I went back to the University of Akron and I took a course called Testing and Measurements. In that course, you design um, a class, um, teach the class, give a test, validate the test. And uh, the instructor said, you can do anything you want, any subject you want. I, I raised my hand. 
any subject? He said, you can choose any subject you want. I said, okay, I choose repentance. Mm. And so I taught, designed a class, taught a class, gave a test, validated the test on repentance. So we're in lots of trouble when you, when you <laughs> choose this stuff. Yeah. So let's just say, first of all, I've got lots of information, did a sermon series on it, did a lot of, a lot of theological perspective, which I think is going to help because Jeff, what Jeff is saying is so powerful. I'm just going to put it in a little bit more systematic way. Repentance is the flip side of faith. Let's start with an easy definition. Faith, you turn to God. Repentance, you turn away from sin. You can't do one without the other. If you genuinely turn to God, you have to turn away from sin. If you genuinely turn away from sin, you have to turn to God. So they are the flip side of each other. And a lot of folks never get there. Now, I look at three kinds of repentance, and Jeff kind of said this in his brilliance. There is, re there is secular repentance, just the repentance people do if they get caught, if they were stealing something or whatever. And if some of it is not repentance, it's remorse. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry I got caught. There is saving repentance, which I'm going to define in a moment. And there is restorative repentance. We sometimes don't separate them, and so people are confused. Saving repentance is one thing. Restorative repentance in a relationship is something different. Here's a major issue. Saving repentance is a turning and a gift from God at the same time. You want to get real confused. Repentance is a gift. You can't do it without God. Mm -hmm. At the same time, it's something that he commands us to do. Turn from your sin. Repent and be baptized. Although you can't do it without me. It's a gift. Restoration is more of our choice after being saved. And so I'm going to give you the definitions because I think Jeff will really like them and then we can fight about them and, and come back down in and you'll like this. Augustus H. Strong is a systematic theologian the Baptist persuasion. Here's his definition of repentance. I really like it. It's the voluntary change of mind of a sinner in which he turns from sin. Being essentially a change of mind, it involves a change of view, a change of feeling, and a change of purpose. And that's all that Jeff was describing in what he was talking about He's talking about the individual pieces. This is the overview of all of those pieces. And when you look at it, it is, we can't say a change of mind. I'm saying that because that's what he said. But a change of mind in America indicates something intellectually where in the Bible it's a change of heart. But you're going to see the change of heart when you put them all together, a change of an intellectual change an emotional change, which, which Jeff talked about with godly sorrow, and a uh, volitional change, a choice to change. But here's, here's the saving repentance one. You'll really like this. Saving repentance, which is the indispensable flip side of saving faith, is the spirit-guided or aided decision to turn from sin based on a correct understanding of the word of God, accompanied by proper corresponding emotions. Now, the reason I started there is because you can see the, um, the overall totality of these definitions, we're hitting all the elements, mm -hmm. the intellectual element, the volitional element, the emotional element, involved in a change in some physical change. And so that's this is the reason why repentance is so difficult because when we talk about it, we talk about it in piecemeal fashion or we talk about it as if it's easy to do and, and Jeff didn't do that at all. He, he got down in there with the difficulty because it is very difficult. 
to have genuine repentance when you have all these elements. I really like those definitions. I was writing them down so I could finish my sermon for the weekend. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you you know one pastor's gonna steal another pastor's stuff all day of long. Course, so of course. I repent. <laughs> so I uh I I love it and and the um I, I think this is where we uh this totalitarian the, the total of all that we're talking about is what we miss um because first of all uh, i love what you were saying with that definition repentance has to be voluntary so it, it it's literally like looking at a little kid and saying tell your sister you're sorry sorry it doesn't mean it so it, doesn't <laughs> change, it doesn't change the heart and it doesn't change the mind that's right and sometimes or the behavior that's right sometimes or the behavior or the behavior Right. And so and and then I think I I really believe strongly that repentance has to be um uh what word would I put on it? It, it has to be relational, but it has to be investigated. It, until I understand the depth of what my action or attitude did to you, mm-hmm. I can't actually ask your forgiveness. And so I, I I feel like a lot of times when we talk about repentance, we do this in our relationship with God and we do this with our relationship with, with each other. We, the, the offender is only asking to be forgiven to a certain depth because they no longer want to see the offensiveness of what they've done. Sure, sure. The one who has been hurt carries the full depth of that, of that offense and so we we instead of repenting and then being restored, we repent and then we we get functional in our relationships. And and the functionality is let's just not talk about it. Well, that's fine until I have to trust you. Yep. And I'm gonna remember, or until you hurt me again, all the depth of what's going on is even being brought to the to the service because it was never actually dealt with before. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. And I think we're, once again, a fundamental principle of, of some of the things that we've been talking about and that we need to come back and do a separate show on. You writing this down, Pastor Kim? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, I think we lost him. He hit his camera off. I uh, and. <laughs> We might have lost the whole connection there. I don't know. Your device has been connected. There <laughs> we go. <laughs> um, so the problem is relationality. Um, we are treating these things intellectually. We are not dealing with the pain we've caused. And even when we're dealing with the pain we've caused, we're dealing with it detached, detached from it not entering into it. So if I walk up and I begin to really feel your pain, that's different. That's going to cause a different level of, of, of repentance because it's relational. It's not intellectual. It's not spiritual. It's not religious. It's personal. And I have to feel that pain, I believe, before I can really move into it. And that's what's missing for a lot of what we're dealing with in terms of uh, of um, reconciliation. I'm really sorry that you've been discriminated against, but I'm really feeling that too. <laughs> I don't feel it very much <laughs> because uh, that's you. It's not me. Yeah. It's interesting that you go down that, uh, that path. So let's just go ahead and open that can of worms. Th- this is the divide that's being felt between uh, the races where you have uh, one side of the coin that says I've been discriminated against. I've suffered prejudice. I've suffered. And then they're looking at the people that they uh, would define as their oppressors. And they're saying, you repent. Mm -hmm. I think that's different than saying, 
I, I need you to empathize because the defense Absolutely. is, the defense Absolutely. is, I didn't do anything. Like, what do you mean? I didn't, I didn't enslave anyone. I didn't kick anybody out of my church. And, and that conversation, I think, is a hugely important one to, to help people to understand because that's where I see it lock up. I'm being blamed. Yeah. But I was, I was persecuted or abused, but yeah. I didn't do it. So what are you asking of me and what can I actually give you? Is that repentance or is that empathy on, yep. on deep, deep levels that because empathy also should cause change? Yep. Right? An if, another, another show, um, Brother Kemp, what Pastor Jeff is talking about is empathy and or one of the most used words with respect to Jesus in the New Testament gospels, compassion. Mm -hmm. It comes up over and over and over again. You know, I've got issues. I did a sermon series on every place the word compassion comes up in the Bible because we skip almost all of them and we are unable. Jesus looked on the crowd and he treated them as he had compassion upon them as sheep without a shepherd. Mm -hmm. I can feel where you are. I can mm -hmm. feel. And along with that comes the come commit and desire to alleviate your pain. I feel your pain and I want to alleviate your pain. But we never get there in some of these things because we never have these discussions. We're talking about the facts, not the feelings. Yeah. I happen to be doing a lot of study in neuroscience right now. And one of the things that's so important is in almost all phases in all fields in America, we talk facts, not feelings. Come on. We talk yeah. facts, not feelings. And the feel, if you don't deal with the feelings, what we think is that facts determine what happened and what's going on. Facts don't move us. Feeling, emotion, the word to move. Emotions are what move us, mm -hmm. not feel, not facts. Now, facts are the narrative that we make after we felt something in order to try to make sense of it. And sometimes that narrative isn't even accurate. So you got to really think about that yeah, because okay. you have to deal with the fact that if, if emotions are a neurophysiological state that takes place before you ever can think about it, that you, your fear kicks in before you can think. Yeah. And then your fear is the intervening variable by which you, def, you, uh, in, you interpret the stimulus that this took place. I interpret it through my fear. And then I respond. And then I make a narrative about what I just did. And <laughs> we think in America, the narrative is where the truth is. Come on now. And so we spend a whole lot of time up here talking about our narratives, but not dealing with our feelings. And our feelings are what's motivating us, whether we know it or not, whether we face it or not, whether we deal with it or not. Those are the things. So when we get done with our discussions and we get done with our seminars and we get done with that, we go back home and we have the same feelings. Yeah, you know, it's 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 an interesting thing. I'm doing a, a teaching on anxiety right now. Mm. And the tension is, um, I would say, um, don't trust your feelings. They're liars, right? So the tension is, I can feel something deeply and personally that's inaccurate. If, if I said something, and exactly what you're saying there, Bishop, if I said something and you misheard what I said, it would cause a reaction in you. Mm -hmm. And then you would say, what did you just say? And if I, if I clarify the statement and you're like, okay, that's what you just said. That feeling still lingers, even though that fact is Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So, yep. so what's hard about, what's hard about that truth is that when we're responding, when you respond to me with feelings, and I respond to you with feelings, we wind up with no ability to create a solution. And somewhere that those feelings have to be sorted through an empathy that comes into a truth, uh, I would say, obviously, a biblical truth, 
and the truth is what is what governs us. But that process is a very difficult process, especially it's, it's uh, very on a cultural-wide level. That's a very yeah. difficult process. It's very difficult. But Pastor Jeff, since, you, since I'm helping you with your sermon, I can help you with that one, too. Okay. Just go, ahead, <laughs> go ahead and just write this down. The I'm on feeling, If you use this, it will help people to understand. Feelings are indicators on the dashboard of life. Yeah. The light comes on. It does not tell you what to do. It does not even necessarily give you diagnostic information. All it says is that something is going on with your oil. Now, I got to learn how to read that. And then my response, that's what I'm talking about. My response to that is a complicated response. Yeah. Depending upon who I am, where I come from, what I've experienced, whatever. So I can, number one, Ignore the light. I'm not paying any attention to it. Why would I ignore my oil light? Depends on who I am, where I come from, what I'm experiencing, what level of stress I'm under. I can go immediately to the dealer. I can't drive with that light on. I've got to go and see what's going on. Why do I have that response? It's complicated. I can put cardboard over the light. I just don't want to see it. I'm not going to see it. Or I can go under the hood and disconnect the light. I'm not going to see it. <laughs> so my responses, we, always, we often end up up here trying to deal with the responses and the complexity of those. And we haven't even dealt with first, why is your oil light on? Yeah. And I think I think what happens with repentance is repentance, true repentance, engages all of that. All of that. And yeah. all of you. And all of you. And and that's why it's complicated and it's not um I don't want to know. I actually don't think I want to say it's complicated. I think it's deep. It's deep and it's not a a momentary response. Oh, sorry, man. Right. It, it's a relational response. I want to go as deep into this as absolutely uh, as we need to to figure out why why my oil isn't pumping or whatever the the problem is. Yep. In that, I don't think you should ever talk about repentance without grace and mercy and forgiveness, because repentance hits a, a a bottom so to say and restoration is rebuilding the relationship yep. from that yep. bottom so, so i'm i'm trying to add on to a house right now my house <clears throat> if you want to know how to make really bad financial decisions just talk to me i bought a house and um my house is a uh, 170 years old oh my i'm putting a basement in onto an addition when we got down to the the depth of the old basement, I found out that under that basement, everything there is sand. Oh. So I had to go down and I had, lay a foundation. To, I had to lay a foundation to build up. And what happens with, with repentance is we take a couple sh uh, shovels full and be like, oh, there, I dealt with it. It's over. I'm like, no, you got to go all the way down to the real problem. Mm -hmm. got to accept and deal with the real problem you got to lay a real foundation which is going to be built off of grace mercy and forgiveness and then we build a real relationship that will last. Yeah. patrick jeff you are so you are so on fire today man i'm telling you think about this i want to make two statements if i can think if i can remember i'm old now number one how do you so here we go how do i how do i explain ask for deal with people to make a whole a full orbed response when parts of them are unavailable mm. good that's 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 a major issue i'm yeah. asking you to repent but even parts of you that need to be dealt with are unavailable number two you said it again pastor joe so i turn let's go back to my original premise i turn from sin but i turn to you mm. 
half the time we want to turn from sin, but I'm not turning to the person. Faith, turning to God, is the flip side of turning away from sin. Being sorry for my sin ought to allow me to turn to the person for a relational interaction. So here's, here's the issue. Now, this is another, Pastor Kemp's already written this down. I believe it's impossible. I'm, let me not say impossible. It's virtually impossible to have this discussion in America. Hmm. We are not relational people. We do not have a relational mindset. And our logic is not relational. It is propositional. It's Greek. It's rational. So we keep having these rational discussions about what should be done, but we leave out the personal, relational, feeling, impacted kinds of stuff. We don't ever discuss that. We'll state it and you'll hit it a little bit, but then we want, let's get away from that. And what you need to do is you need to say you're sorry. I can say I'm sorry, but I may not mean it. If that part of me is unavailable, I can say I'm sorry. I've had people and I've had meetings in my church where I've had staff people that needed to repent or, or say they were sorry to members. <laughs> and and <laughs> I've had some situations where the person just couldn't get it. I said, so are you sorry? I'm sorry that they're hurt. No, mm. no, 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 wait, 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 no. I'm sorry that they feel that way. No, 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 no. Are you sorry for your impact? I'm sorry that they feel that way about my end. No, 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 no. Are you, they can't get there because they have no substrate of emotion. We're not dealing with emotion. We're dealing with rational, propositional, common sense kind of use. This doesn't make sense, doesn't it? If you, if you don't deal with the underlying issue. So let's go back to that car for one minute. I go out, I, I put the key in the ignition, I try to start it, it won't start. Lights light up on my dashboard. I don't want to deal with that, I just want my car to start. Mm. Fix the light. In order to fix the light, I got to go over where the light indicates. Yeah. There's something deeper going on here that needs to be addressed. But what we do in America is we fix the lights. Mm. And and or try to buy a new car. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's the easy one. <laughs> yeah, just I mean it it's 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 kind of anything but deal with it. And the this is where the gospel of Jesus transforming the heart and mind of the follower of Jesus is absolutely critical. Critical. And that that conversation you've had in your church, I've I've you know, anybody who's pastored or led or tried to disciple somebody has had that conversation a thousand times and and the the inability to be broken or the inability to see the impact of of your um of your actions is an immaturity on one level to see it wholly it, i would also say like there's a like if i'm looking at a 15 year old i'm like look what you did and they're like i don't know they're immature when a person has a maturity, they can still be spiritually blind. And to truly see the depth of which you have hurt or sinned against someone, the Holy Spirit <clears throat> has to guide you down into the depth of that process because the, the Holy Spirit has to give you insight to what you've done while simultaneously giving you humility to receive responsibility for the action. It's an act of it's an act yeah. of God, which is what the Holy Spirit does at oh, salvation. No. Yeah. He, he, yeah. he see, we see the kindness of God and we see the depth of our sin simultaneously. And all of that is an act of love that draws us to repentance. That's yeah. what the scripture says. And Pastor Jeff, you, you're, you're, once again, a, you're on such fire by man. I, I'm going to just, uh, just uh, get me my fire extinguisher because... <laughs> Well, hey, Bishop, you, you put, a, put a bow on this for us, Bishop. But I want to back up a minute. 
I'm what I'm saying is there is a cultural barrier yeah. that won't even allow me to get to that point. For mm -hmm. instance, there are some cultures that have no words or few words for certain realities. And the reason that they have no or few words is because that reality is not prominent in their experience. Mm -hmm. When we start talking about feelings and brokenness, I don't even think I've heard anybody use the word brokenness, but you and on today, and I don't know when, we don't use that. We don't talk about broken. We talk about um, discernment or the ability to, to see what I, what I should be able to see, the rationality of, of my argument or whatever. But we're talking about that America is so individualistic that I have difficulty tying into any impact that I have on your life at an emotional level. I I thoroughly agree with that, that we we think we think as individuals, we don't think even within the church, you know, we're our cultural DNA affects the way we all think about everything. So even within the church, that's where the consumer mindset comes from, all the rest. Like the yep. idea of laying my life down for someone is is a difficult thing. What I believe strongly, and I know you guys agree with what I'm about to say, it's a work of God that Absolutely. can even get you. So so the idea that we're going to argue this out in the public square is a waste of energy. The idea, though, that the church of Jesus Christ, empowered by the Spirit of God, can live this out differently is a reality. It has to be embraced. It has to be wanted, like all of our interaction with Christ. But if the if the church can't do this, it's literally impossible <laughs> because the Spirit of God is not involved. How did I start off? It's impossible. Oh, I don't want to say it's impossible. Virtually. Yeah, virtually, yeah. Impossible because the church itself has been, I was I was sharing with the uh, one of my mentees this week, and I, I began to talk about the impact of the culture upon the church, because church people sometimes believe that their church stands outside of the culture. You know, right. there's the culture, and then there's this church. No, there is culture, and your church is in that culture, and it's been affected by that culture, perhaps in ways that you aren't even aware of. So that this this whole um, impact of the culture has let me give you another another quick impact. It's really interesting. I'm studying uh, what's called polyvagal theory, which is your vagus nerve and what it does and whatever, and how it impacts your face. Your there are nerves that run from your gut to your heart to your face, and your face autonomically gives off certain signals. You don't have to make it do this. It does it. Now, think about this for a second. Your face is giving off signals, but you got a mask over your face. Mm -hmm. What has that done to us? Yeah. yeah. Oh. That's good. That's yeah. good. Well, listen, as always, you, you both have taken us uh, to depths that I knew we'd go. I, I just simply throw out <laughs> something. <laughs> It was Jeff's pro problem this time. It, he well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Jeff took some, but it's all good, and that's what we need to know, and that's what we need to hear. So we are going to come back and continue to talk about this relationality, um, love the word. Um, I think all this is, you know, th this was said, right? This is a relational response. But if we don't have a relationship, then we're not going to respond really well. And, and so we got to continue this um, conversation. What, what I am blessed by is a relationship I get to have with both of you. Thank you so much for mentoring me, for teaching me, for helping me throughout, man, the past, man, three years. It was three years in October wow. being at um, Love Akron. So very wow. appreciative of both of you. Yeah, it just flew by. Congratulations. Um, thank you. I appreciate it. I, I don't know if I'm sitting here without God and without the both of you. Uh, so very appreciative of you and your time, but also the importance of the relationship. And so let me just say this right now. I stand right now in repentance of, man, anything that I've ever done 
to, you know, just to, just to either one of you, you know, for, for you, Bishop always beating you in push-ups and, you know, talking about <laughs> your bad behind your back and, and all those things. And, and for you, Jeff, just simply because I'm just so handsome. And so, yeah. But no, love you both. Um, thank you so much to our audience for being out there and being a part of another episode of The Intersection. And remember, you can reach out, you can get in touch with us at the intersection at loveakron.org if you have any follow up questions, comments, or concerns. But also, man, follow us on all of the podcast platforms that are out there. We want to continue to up what it is that we do, but also bring you this very important content um, so that we, we can all continue to grow and to intersect well with one another as we always are intersecting with Jesus. So thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you again, Pastor Jeff. Thank you again, Bishop Johnson, for your time. And we'll see you next time on The Intersection. That was good. Pastor Jeff is good. I, I, uh, you literally helped me finish my sermon, Joey. So I owe you another one. <laughs> hey, I'm well, just glad once in a lifetime. <laughs> well, both, both of you have given me a series on repentance. So I appreciate that. Yeah, it, it's a, it, it's a great conversation, a great topic, Kim. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, there's more to explore as we go forward, but th this is um, this is what the African American church is asking for, and what the uh, white church feels accused of. Mm. So, if we can help that to make sense to everybody, it would really make a difference in the in the body of Christ. I think you're right. And if we could back up one, I don't need you to fix this. Yeah. I need you to feel where I am. Yeah, mm. it's huge. It's huge. So, and you know, there's 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 ignorant. Like I was talking uh to Deontay and he was talking about the Baptist, you know, the Akron Baptist Temple and all that kind of stuff. And uh he said, Yeah, people wouldn't go because um they had so many memories of the racism there. And I said and I said, I mean I didn't grow up here, you know, so I was like, Oh, was it I knew like it was kind of racist, but it was I didn't know it was that deep. And he goes, oh, yeah, they remember not being welcomed on the buses to go to Sunday school. Yep. And I was like, what? I Like, I never yep. knew that. I never knew that till the other night. Pastor Jeff, I, I have a, I was a member of my church um, on my staff, a white gentleman who took a black guy to the Akron Baptist Temple. And someone walked up to them and said, you can stay today, but you are not welcome here. See, mm. that, it it's incredible and th and he was saying like that's why the people didn't want to go into that building and i i just think things like that like the let's call it the the younger generation that maybe didn't grow up in akron or didn't wasn't around when it was a thing they don't even know they wouldn't know it no but but the black community knows like like the black community shares that on a different way and i and I don't know. It would, it just struck me as like somehow like we need to uh, tell those stories or help absolutely understand it because what what you're saying, Joey, you really have helped me understand this more and more. You're you're like this stuff doesn't just come out of the blue. Like mm -hmm. this is like four hundred years of and I'm like yeah that's right. But like even that I'm like I wouldn't have known that building meant that i would have never known that you yep. know so yep. i don't know it's just it's i just think we're on a path that is incredibly helpful and i think for good-hearted christian people who want to love jesus there's a yep. lot of confusion in this realm that it would be good for us to talk through so i agree i agree so Kind of goes back to that the same imagery of Route 59, right? Like a lot of people don't know Route 59, the redlining, and how that was, you know, over on that side was it was called actually, I think it was called, and Bishop, you would know better than me, but I think it was called like Little Harlem. Um, and now it's like this, you know, now it's a quicker way for us to get home. But then they shut it down and people don't know. They're just like, oh man, why'd they do this? Like, man, it was so easy for me to get home, but there's there's history behind it. Oh, and, I, and I don't know. Like, like you, Jeff. 
Like, like I'm not from Akron, so I didn't I didn't know. So I had to be educated. Yeah. You know, know. and yeah. That's the first I've ever heard anything like that. I don't I don't know. And and if I if I went back to where I grew up, I'm sure I was just blind to all of that. But like I have that kind of stuff is um good to know because what happens is like I intersect that here and I'm like, what are you upset about the highway for? I, I don't yeah. even yeah. you know, yeah. I have no context to process that through. I'm uh, I'm upset let, about let, sitting in traffic. I don't know that there yeah. was any let me say this to, to and so our brother can get over. He's so kind with his time. He, it, stories mm. are sacred and stories need to be shared and treated sacredly. They are a part of relationship. So we really just don't have the relational basis to share these kinds of stories. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we got work to do. That That's... Yeah. You're so right, Joey, because I know about the Baptist Temple because I was having dinner with my friend and we were talking. <laughs> you know, it's that's like, how you know. That's how liter you know. Literally, what you just said is how that came out. Why else would he bring it up? Yep. You know, so yeah, it's interesting. All right, next okay. time, guys. That's Love always fun. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Thank we you, Steve. You guys. Thanks again for listening to today's episode of The Intersection, where we look at how everything intersects and brings us all back to Jesus. You can subscribe and follow us on Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube. You can reach out to us with questions or comments at intersection at loveakron.com. That's intersection at loveakron.com. And we'll see you next time at The Intersection.